Hit it. Hello. Welcome to the fourth episode of Boba Chat. Today, I'll be your host. My name is Calvin Bond. Hello, my name is Anthony Toe, and I'm a guest. All right, and uh, we have another guest coming, Emily Chu, but she's not here right now. That's totally fine. So one thing that I feel like we, um, all of us in this room, are either graduating and going to college or mm-hmm. you know just getting out of high school and you know going in their own ways and really trying to try to figure it out um and most of the time at least within like the catholic faith there is this um a- almost like a rite of passage like mm-hmm. how do you navigate yourself outside of your faith right after um you know you graduate school and you become an adult and you know you're free to do whatever you need to do Mm -hmm. within you know your own right and so um the first question so the theme there is no central theme for this podcast i feel like um because we as a podcast want to make this more centered towards the community um so today we just took something different we decided to pull some questions from the community and so we did and i'm gonna read out some questions and we're just gonna go ahead and um, put our input on them give them a third opinion on we you know what they want to ask and hopefully you know we can give them some insight yeah so the first question is how are we connected through different mediums so did you get what like, you kind of get what the question's asking yeah, like, how do I connect to, like, random people? Like, if I go into a store, like, how do I feel connected to the people around me? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, um, I'll go first. So, I feel really connected when I'm with people. Um, so, there's a saying, right, mm-hmm. where um, home is not a physical place, mm-hmm. but it's a feeling you get mm-hmm. when you're around people. Mm-hmm. And you know the people make up the family, you know whether that be blood or you know non-related blood. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with me, um, I feel really connected through like food. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, with that being said, like earlier before I came here, I went with uh, my friend John, mm-hmm. and we just got like um, some jamba juice, you know, mm-hmm. and we just kind of just caught up with our lives and you know just started talking to each other about you know things that just were on our mind you know and i feel like a lot of my relationships center around that mm-hmm. that focus where i'm able to talk to you do food mm-hmm. in a way like the food is not it's important but it's not as important like it's just a it's a bonus mm-hmm. you know like when i take you to go out to eat like i'm just trying to talk to you and just to like, get to know you better or i'm just trying to like um, to be in your presence, mm-hmm. you know? So that's how I feel connected, and that's kind of essential with all of my um, relationships, like with my family. Like, we don't really talk a lot. We mm-hmm. kind of just work and then eat, you know? And when we eat, that's when we get to talk and to just really catch up with, yeah. you know, how we're feeling. So that, for me, is how I feel connected with people around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I guess I feel the same way about food. I always try to go like get coffee with my friends because it's just like a really relaxing medium to meet new people or just like catch up with people. Like it's really natural just to like talk over food or something. I guess personally, how I connect to random people, like maybe I'm like at a store. Like I was a uh, at like a vegetarian place yesterday, and I was like picking up some food, and I was just talking to like the lady next to me. I feel really connected to people if they were like similar cultures. Like I was like whenever I go to a Vietnamese store, I really feel connected to like the patrons around me, and I feel like all the, like the elderly people, like my grandparents and all the like adults or like my aunts and uncles. Like I feel really connected to people with like the cultural basis. Like um, I went to Vietnam a while ago for vacation. I do feel really, even though I'm like I never been before and I'm kind of like a foreigner to them, I feel really connected and welcome just because we're the same culture. And I think something like really stood out to me when I went to Vietnam is um, I went to my mom's like old house for the first time, and we were talking to the owner of the house, and she like even if she didn't know us, like I've been talking to her for five minutes, like she was like total strangers to her. And she invited us, invited us in to like come and eat, like eat with her. I thought that was really interesting because like we were just like total strangers. We came up to um, and we asked her if I could see my old mom's my mom's old house again, and she just like completely invited us in. And I was like asking my dad about this, and I was like, why is she like so like natural about this? Like even though I don't know her, she invited us into our house, and she's and she's and my dad's like, oh, it's because we're Vietnamese, and I feel really connected just because we're, I'm Vietnamese. I could connect so well with someone else just because of that. I like that. I like that a lot, especially with like um, like it's not um, uh huh, blood related specific. Oh, I mean you are like blood related specifically, but it's more just like um when you Vietnamese people help out other Vietnamese people. Yeah, you know, and at the end of the day, we all know what we're trying to do. We're all trying to grind it out mm-hmm. and you know work to the best of our ability. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's really important for us to um. Just to have that, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get that with any other culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like whoever I meet that's Vietnamese, they're like automatically part of my family. They're like a new aunt or uncle yeah. just because of that basis. Yeah, exactly. All right. So next question. Ooh, I, I really like this one. So, how do you navigate toxicity in family? Toxicity in family. Mm-hmm. I feel you know, like growing up, I had a lot of pressure from my parents just to like learn well like we were a really academic focused family and you know growing up they were always like make sure i like study and stay in task and it is kind of a toxic mindset most of my childhood was kind of like studying and making sure i could grind well instead of maybe like having fun with the other kids and just like playing sports and whatever so i feel like i got a <coughs> some toxicity from that it's like growing up with that academic orientated mindset but i feel like even though it like it's kind of like a one-trick thing. Like, you, you're always focused on academics. You're not really good at anything else. That's how I grew up with. But I feel like it was because my parents wanted the best for me. You know, like, it, it had good intentions behind it, even though it's like a really toxic lifestyle to have. From my parents' experience, because they were immigrants growing up, they really, like, focused on academics as the way out. They kind of put that on me. Even though it was really stressful living up to that, just kind of grinding out that lifestyle. You know, they had the best intentions for me. Like, they did it because they truly do love me. Like, they f- thought academics was the most important thing. And, and sometimes it is, you know. It really did help me get through life, being, like, academically focused sometimes. But, you know, there's, like, a pro and con. You know, maybe it's, like, a toxic, uh, like, outcome of it. 
like behind it, it's like a good intention because my parents do want me to do the best. True, 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 true. I feel like that's kind of not like saying that your um your story is not original. Uh huh. Because like a lot of yeah other Asians, you know, they kind of go through the same thing. Like they are forced to do mm-hmm. academically and this sort of thing, and that's kind of what you know connects us all together. Yeah. For for the first question, um, but yeah, like. So the way that you interpret it mm-hmm. is, you know, you you acknowledge that, you know, your your parents are doing it because they love you. Mm-hmm. It's out of love, you know. That's kind of where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. It still made you feel a certain type of way, mm-hmm. but like you are able to acknowledge that uh-huh. and to kind of internalize it in a way that mm-hmm. it helps you like ease mm-hmm. ease like how you feel about it. Yeah, and but like like um, that's that's a really good mindset because I don't know, like for me mm-hmm. sometimes like I mean our situations are different, but I feel like sometimes when like just to the the core of it, I feel like in general things that are um that make the most like I guess like one thing that we are all on common ground with mm-hmm. is that we're all given a situation mm-hmm. like we don't control whatever happens to us. Mm-hmm. What we have control over is like how we are able to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we have a certain type of feeling. Like okay, all right, so you're gonna sit with that feeling, mm-hmm. but what what are you gonna do with that feeling? You know, are you gonna lash out or are you gonna like how you can go about that? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of the choice that we're all put mm-hmm. like in, in 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 general. But yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, how I interpret the question was mm-hmm. how do you navigate toxicity um, in your family? Mm-hmm. With me, I'm still trying to learn mm-hmm. how to do that because, like, normally, I, like, for example, if I would just get to get yelled at, like, for no, um, not a really good reason, mm-hmm. it just sounds really dumb, you know, when you think about it in retrospect, like, I would just yell, right? uh-huh. I would yell back because, you know, I'm mad. Yeah. But the more productive way, the way that I see it now mm-hmm. is they're for for example right i get yelled at by my parents mm-hmm. right and you know and usually i just yell back but now i'm trying to think about it more like with the bird's eye view like mm-hmm. okay like you know why are they yelling at me you know why are they yelling at me we're such a minute thing you know are they stressed you know where is this hurt coming from mm-hmm. you know um like where is frustration coming from that they, they need to uh take it out in such a like a, a malicious way mm-hmm. you know so i think that it's not really a direct approach it's almost like an indirect approach mm-hmm. but i feel like that's just kind of what you need to do me at least mm-hmm. within the family dynamic because there's like some um like at the end of the day you know mm-hmm. i know who my family is and i know how much like value that i put with them you know, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I care about them a lot. So at the end of the day, I gotta remind myself that, like, okay, you know, it's it's not. I, I say this a lot, right? This is a saying that I say a lot. It's it's not a you versus me, mm-hmm. but it's me and you versus the problem. Uh huh. You know, like I'm not trying to battle you. I'm not trying to fight you. You know, I'm not trying to like stress about you in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. I want us to fight the same fight. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that's just kind of how I went about like the life that I've you know led about now, mm-hmm. kind of like nomadic. I'm I'm pretty okay with that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wait, so you're saying like instead of maybe um, 
Can you repeat that again? Like instead of you versus your parents, it's you and your parents versus whatever, like stressing them out, like you're trying to help them out. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Hi, Emily. Our guest, Miss Chu, is here. Miss Nguyen's secretary, please have a seat. I think there's a fold out seat that you can take. That's cool. Do you want to grab a seat? That's cool. Good. Okay. So the topic is how do you navigate toxicity in your family? That's a great question. I can't hear anything. I'm sorry. Did I say something? I'm sorry. We're good. Okay. Cool. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, we're gonna boop out this audio. Hold on. Oh, that was a huge boop. Alright. Hi, Emily. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Emily. Um, I am Jessica Nguyen's agent, so please contact me for serious inquiries only. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, to catch you up. The topic is how do you navigate how do you navigate toxicity within your family, you know? And me and Anto we we talked about how just like you know we we understand the the main uh, common ground that we all have together is we know where our family are coming from, and we know like you know we're just trying to get a better understanding of why they're feeling the way that they're feeling, you know? And um, I just want to get your take on it. Like, how do you navigate toxicity within your family or within people and relationships in general? That's cool. Honestly, with me, with from coming from experience, I just avoid it. I just avoid the situation because I don't want to get myself into it. Big facts, big facts, big facts. So, like, does that um. Does that bother you though? Like, like for example, like, like has there been a time where like you just got so, like, ticked off? Yes. Facts. I think it's for everybody. So how how did you like navigate that? Though? How did I navigate it? Honestly, with me, it was like I got like very pissed off towards the beginning of like why it happened and all that stuff. And, like I'd get pissed off and then I wouldn't talk to like that certain person for like days or maybe weeks on end. But then they would like try to like bug me and be like, oh my gosh, like. I'm like so right. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, shut up. I'm like, you think you're in the right, but like, you think you're always right, but like, literally, you're always wrong. And like, my mom always like tells that person, like, oh yeah, you're like wrong. Like, why do you always do these to like do these kind of things to the kids? Like, that's why like they don't like you. Exactly. No, I'm in like this kind of like the same boat too. It just it's more like um. Within your... Are you, are you the oldest child? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, so I'll see. So it's always, like, the oldest child. There's, like, this dilemma where whenever you're the older child, you tend to get more blame for how your younger siblings react mm-hmm. or, like, go about... Yeah, so just another thing. I'm not going to go too deep to that because it's another podcast. Oh, I go. Thank you. Alright, so that's just the... We only went through two questions. You didn't really mess up much, so that's cool. 
Okay. So wait, can I add more? Heck yeah, you can. Go for it. I feel like a, a one of the reasons a lot of like Vietnamese parents put a lot of pressure on their kids is kind of like the environment they grew up in. Like Vietnam is like a really like bustling city. Like I went to Saigon and there was like so much traffic. Everyone's like fighting to get back home. Like it's a really competitive place just to live and just to do your daily life. Like there's like a lot of like people walking the streets and you have to like sh- get shoved around just to walk wherever you go. So it's like a competition. Like you're striving every day to do whatever you want. And you have to compete always like fight against other people. So you have to put in a lot of effort to go there. So I think that's why a lot of people like put a lot of kind of like force their kids to have that same mentality. Like always compete with other kids because if that's what they grew up in. You know, the environment where everyone's trying to like compete and try to survive. So now that they're in America, they kind of have the same mindset because that's what gave them success. So I feel like maybe that's where like a lot of Asian parents are coming from because that's what all they've known for like the past lives. It's always like work and grind, and now maybe like it's a it's a new environment. It's not America's not the same as Vietnam, but they're still kind of doing the similar things they grew up with. That's a really good point. Like, um, damn. So there's this there's this dilemma, right? Mm-hmm. Where okay, so for example. Um, I'm not sure if you feel the same way with this about Buddhism, uh-huh. but for Catholicism, right? So there's this post. It's on Facebook. It's on subtle Asian traits. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, you have um, a lab of monkeys, uh-huh. right? And then so you have like, like you have four monkeys, okay? And so in the middle of these four monkeys, there's like. A tree with the banana, or the banana tree, uh-huh. right? And so then, whenever those monkeys would go up to go and eat the banana, they would get sprayed with water, right? And you know it happened so repetitively that they just stopped trying to grab for the banana because they know that like they just hated getting sprayed with water, uh-huh. right? Like for example, if like one monkey tried getting the banana, like all of them will get sprayed. Oh, doesn't doesn't matter who who it is like they just all get beat up, you know, with water. And so then the lab goes, they, they put a new monkey, a fifth monkey, right, inside the group. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the monkey doesn't know anything, you know, so they just, they're, they're new to this lab. So then they go and grab the banana, right? When the monkey grabs the banana, all the other four monkeys, like, jump the other monkey uh-huh. because they don't want to get sprayed with water, uh-huh. right? So this whole thing, it goes in a cycle, you know, again and again, more monkeys keep getting added. Uh-huh. Right, until the original four monkeys uh-huh. are all put out, and you just have a group of monkeys that are kind of new to like why they can't get the banana. Uh-huh. But anyway, so it's kind of I kind of like it's not verbatim. I kind of screwed it up. But basically, the the point of the story is is mm-hmm. that for Catholics and just in general, like for all Asian traditions, right? We don't know why we're doing what we're doing. We just do it because that's oh, yeah. just what everybody else did. And we're just trying to follow suit because that's just what is more comfortable, you know? And I think that a lot of the questions, a commonality behind all the questions is like, how do I get out of tradition mm-hmm. and do things that I find more meaningful? Mm-hmm. So um, with that being said, like I think for me, how I kind of felt about I kind of felt about that was um was like from my sister's example right whenever um like this happened recently so my grandpa 
he was teaching them because like they they like he teaches them about like the Bible and you know shit like that, right? And um, so one day they come home crying. I was like, what happened? You know? And um, I guess my grandpa said to them like, if you dress this way, you're gonna go to hell <laughs> because you're dressing this way. Uh huh. And you know that's bad. Mm-hmm. Go change now. Isn't, and I, that, isn't he? Sexualizing yeah, then? yeah. That's gross. I know, and I don't think he he meant it, but it's just like that's just how ingrained yeah. that tradition is, you know. He doesn't know why that is. He doesn't know why like they associate like cleanliness with godliness, like that. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. So the cleanliness is godliness, right? That basically means like when you're clean, you're closer to God, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people they associate that with how you dress. So if you don't dress a certain type of way, like you're automatically, at least for like for the culture, like for, for women, you know, mm-hmm. it's not so much like for men. For women, it's like if you dress a certain way, you're automatically like you're asking for it, you're approved, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. At schools with the dress code, girls can't wear spaghetti straps. And then, I know. okay, so this was one time I went like a couple years ago when I still had PE, right? Was it these guys in the in the sophomore class? They were able to take their shirts off, and my friend she was wearing a tank top underneath her PE shirt, right? And her friend was, and then we asked the teacher, I was like, "She look gonna take her shirt off?" And the teacher was like, "No, put your shirt back on." And we were like, "Why? She's covered up, like nothing's showing, only her shoulders. She's wearing a tank top." And then he was like, "Well, it's inappropriate. You're not allowed to do that." And we were like, "What? The, there's a guy over there who has his shirt off in the front of everyone. So like, I don't get what's the problem." Yeah, exactly. So, so, why, so like why is that appropriate inappropriate right they don't know why they they just they don't know like there's no culture behind it there's no like science behind it they just do it because that's what they were taught yeah exactly so then that's so, sexist I know Honestly, very sexist and then there's like a lot of uh, little sprinkles of that scattered across the, the catholic religion mm-hmm. so then the way that I try to avoid that or to, to deal with that thank you go I really appreciate this Thank you. Anthony's mom got us water and fruit. Plus her heart. She's so nice. Thank you, go. Alright, so anyways. So, um, that being said, a way that I try to avoid tradition, or how I kind of feel about it, is, like, I'm Catholic, mm-hmm. right? I live by um, the Testament, the Old Testament. Yeah, but we're not, like, that Catholic. Yeah, but we're not, like, that Catholic. Like, you know? like hardcore like, I'm not going to feel bad if I miss church, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel kind of bad, but not really, you know? And, like, um, I think with, um, not to say, like, I just take things I like from Catholicism and use it. I feel like I kind of just, I use it like a like a guide, you know? Because mm-hmm. then all religion is just, it's just a guide, you know, mm-hmm. to how to live a better life. And so then the way that I, I take that is, like, I, I teach my sisters, like, not to associate a lot of, like, things with gender you know mm-hmm. like if they want to take their shirt off because it's hot at night like i'll let them you know like it's cool so then you know whatever you know um but i feel like there's a certain limit to like avoiding that because they're gonna learn it in school you know and they're gonna one day they're gonna be treated like that you know so that just kind of sucks yeah that's just what i wanted to say okay. yeah um, yeah, with the analogy with your grandpa and everything, I feel like, yeah, a lot of it has to do with tradition. And, like, for, like, the past maybe, like, 50 years, he's been, like, thinking the same thing. He's, like, been, 
well, like rephrasing the same thing to himself that everyone should dress like conservatively. And maybe it's not the fault of your grandpa, but maybe, you know, for the past, like, his whole life he's been rephrasing the same thing. So it's the tradition part of it. True. And, um, like, you know, it's the same thing with more, like, conservatives or, like, maybe in the Deep South where they're against gays. Like, they've been growing up with it. They're, like, everyone's been saying the same thing with it. It's really hard to get out of that mindset when you've been living it and growing up with it for, the, like, your whole life. True. So it's really hard to adapt to maybe a more like liberal modern society view if you've been living in this kind of bubble for your whole life. Exactly. Okay. So another thing. So the final question. I'm sorry. It's the final question. I have to leave that one for you. Can cut this out. I'm oh, sorry, guys. So quick question, Anthony. You can cut this out too, Anthony. <laughs> so are you able to drop me off somewhere at around one forty? Drop me off. Thank yes. you so much, love. Okay. I didn't drop off at church. That's fine. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> all right. Continue with that. So. Um, the last question. I, I, I saved this question. I've been building up to it. It's a really good question. Mm-hmm. So. How do you navigate your life after high school? After high school. In college. I can't speak for that. Yeah. Because I still have one year left. I but know. But Angel can. And I can too. Yes. So I will be going to college in the fall. Hey, you yeah. So then, yeah. So basically, no, so some context, right, is, so this person asked, how do I navigate my faith uh-huh. after college? The faith. Mm-hmm. But then I talked to her more, and she kind of went in about, like, her lifestyle and how she just kind of having, like, a struggle navigating through mm-hmm. that, per se. So I don't know the situation, but all I know is that she's having some trouble navigating, right? And so my question to you guys is, like, how do you navigate yourself? How do you navigate through life after high school, mm-hmm. like becoming an adult? Like, how's that for you four months after? Four months in. So I can't say, like, a lot about Christianity or religion because okay. I'm not, like, strictly, like, Buddhist or anything. I don't That's go fine. to the temple. So I couldn't say a lot about that. But I think my main problem would be kind of adapting. You know, I'd be living with a roommate. You know, I'd be sharing like a more small space by myself. And I need to be able to do like my own activities with other people. So I feel like like in my daily lifestyle, like I go to bed and there's my roommate next to me. Maybe he's snoring. (laughs) And I think it's just maybe after the first few weeks, you're like really uncomfortable because you'll be living this for the like the next year but after a while it becomes more routine you know it's always scary thinking about it and it, the first few weeks is uncomfortable but after a while you get into a routine where it's just normal everyday life so i feel maybe like the living situation you can just get used to it true but maybe like bigger things like i don't know like maybe finding a job and having to get transportation and just managing the more bigger things about your life like making sure you have a good study plan making sure you have time for food, time for friends, and having all that in this more constricted space of living by yourself. It's a really big change to your lifestyle. That's true. So um, when I picked my classes, I made sure I only had maybe like one to two classes a day. And I made sure I had time in between so I could have time to like eat and everything. So I wouldn't have to be running around like super frantic. So I feel like one of the things that's important is time management. Just making a schedule and sticking to it. But I guess maybe like mindset-wise, you'd be having to kind of discipline yourself a lot more. There's no one's there to push you. And even if you fall, there's no one to cash you. Like there's no more parents to push you to do everything. True. 
I feel like it's more of kind of the mental mindset of you know when you do something wrong you should criticize yourself for it or make sure you know that it's wrong and try to do better like no one's going to tell you to do it but you should know yourself that oh I made a mistake but I can do better like I think you should just be able to have that mindset of catching your problems making sure you fix your own mistakes and just trying to maybe better yourself as a person to adapt to a living style by yourself true I think um, yeah that's it you just have to make sure you like get support or find a way to make sure you like analyze your problems analyze like the mistakes you're making and try to be better Hmm. you know like in a way that's healthy of course you're not like blaming yourself for everything we should just make sure you like like write down like I made this mistake today like I forgot to do this I forgot to do this by myself and just work on it just make sure you hold yourself accountable and that you can grow from there like that I think um the, the the way that you put it is it's more just like straightforward, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I made this mistake. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. You know, how am I going to adapt? Um in like for me, mm-hmm. for example, like coming out of, of grad, like I was like really lazy, mm-hmm. you know? I guess I just didn't have like the good time management skills and I didn't have like grit, you know? Um and so I waited a really long time. Until, like, uh-huh. I, I just kind of like made more moves, you know, mm-hmm. and I guess I, I waited too long, you know, mm-hmm. and this coming fall, I would not be going to EVC mm-hmm. like I planned. I'll be taking a gap year, which is really scary. But I feel like um, I feel like this is the right choice for me, mm-hmm. just because, just the way that I've been like taking care of my body, you know, it's just not. It's not healthy mm-hmm. in a way that I can conduct myself in a college in a way that I would want to be satisfied in, you know? Like, like if I were to go to college, like, right now, like, take summer classes in EVC, mm-hmm. like, I would procrastinate. And, mm-hmm. like, just the way that it is now, it's super hectic, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that with um, just how I'm breaking the tradition, I feel like when I tell my parents, because I, I haven't told them yet, you know? Uh-huh. They didn't be like, oh my god, what, Calvin? Oh my god, you're not gonna go to college? I mean, yeah, you know. But mm-hmm. I feel like um, I'm just slowly progressing to becoming more independent, you know, from my parents because, like, I would just ask them to go out anywhere, you know, and rely on them for my scheduling of the day. But you know, I've grown out of that, you know. Kind of what you said, Anthony, mm-hmm. on how you know sometimes you just kind of have to like take a step forward and break from that pattern and that mold. Uh-huh. Of of being so familiar with your routine, you know, you know exactly what to do, exactly who to ask, you mm-hmm. know. But there's a certain like, once you step out of that, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of uncertainty uh-huh. that you have to navigate in order to one become more yourself, mm-hmm. and two to bring in new experiences mm-hmm. to like to liven up, you know, your life, you yeah. know, and to really start progressing towards what you want to progress to. Um, and yeah, I think that's the kind of like a nice note, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but all I know is that mm-hmm. I have the support of people within this community and I'm not really alone. And so that kind of brings me comfort. Like mm-hmm. I'm not stressed out. I should be. But I'm not. Yeah. I think progressing to like life after high school, there's like a lot of doors open to you. You can join the military. You can keep going to college. You can take a gap year. You have a lot of doors and a lot of resources available, but the most daunting part is just seeing everything as the big picture. You know, you got to plan everything out. You see what you want. 
So going to UCLA, it's a really big school and it's easy to get lost. Like there's a lot of resources resources available that I, like I don't even know most of them. So it's it's kind of difficult just finding what you should do. Like there's like maybe like a scholarship center. There's like job help centers. There's like a lot of different resources. And it's really difficult to keep track of all of them. Make sure you get all these resources available. Put the best use of your time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's important to maybe take a step back. Just like plan a little. I think that's how it is. Just make sure you write down what your resources are, what your options are. And make sure you have a plan where you feel comfortable moving forward. You shouldn't be pressured to just like go to college and succeed right away. You should, you know, take a break back, take a break, sit back, think about what you should do, find your best option, and don't feel pressured to do one single path. Just make sure you know what's right for you with some planning. Just do some research and do some planning and seeing which option is available for you. Because I feel like that's one of the most daunting parts of being an adult. There's so many things you could do that you're scared to follow a single path and feel committed. So I think my way to combat it is maybe I do some like research, like I'll Google what should I do at co- in college, what resources should I take, you know, make a list of possible options I could do, and ch- kind of do like some research on each possible one, and then plan out which one should be the best thing to do for me. Totally. Yeah. So, um, I think that we kind of got through all the touches and touched base on a lot of them. I want to revisit everybody's question. Just the first two, because I think the, the the ones that the three we got, the three that we asked were pretty good. Um, so I kind of want to end it off. Like, how do you connect through different mediums? So like, like for example, right? Like we're here in this room, right? We're eating grapes, drinking jamba juice and water and stuff. And you know, those are just kind of plus ons. The main reason why we're here is because we want to talk about and give some insight to people in our community. That's just kind of like my way of interpreting that question. Um, And I think that's a good note to leave off on. Like, there's so much tradition and Mm -hmm. so much like comfortableness around where we are right now in like little San Jose Mm -hmm. in the Evergreen area. You know, you know all the streets, you know where to go to. It's a really small town, but it's pretty small. It's really small. Well, we know our part of the city. True. We think it's small because we've lived here. True, 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 true. Exactly, you know, because we're so familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think that once we're, you know, able to make our own decisions more, gain a little more freedom, you know, each and every day, one day at a time, mm-hmm. it's important to kind of, like, take a step back and be like, oh, you know... I'm going to be making more decisions for myself now. Doesn't mean I have to go through it alone. Mm-hmm. There's this quote from... Um, I forgot that one dance couple. That's so cute. There's a lot. There's like... There's like... She's pregnant. The lady. She just gave birth, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so they... they y'all probably know who I'm talking about. But, um... Oh, Keone and... Madrid? <laughs> Oh no no no, <laughs> Keone something. Anyway, so the point is, they there's this quote that they had in front of one of their choreographies, mm-hmm. and it said that like something along the lines of like, the biggest lie you can tell yourself is you can go through it alone. That really stuck with me, mm-hmm. you know, to this day today, and um, that's just kind of where I want to leave off of. You know, like there's you're never alone in any situation. You know, um, 
but yeah that's about it that's all the time that we have today i want to thank everybody who was a part of this to come out here and take some time out of the day to just really talk about this uh feel pretty refreshed about it i'm really tired but that's all thank you for coming Anthony signing off. Emily is also signing off. <laughs> okay. Bye. Alright. That's a wrap. I'm so sweaty. I sweat.